Hey. Hello everyone, this is a British of Meaning Discord conversation. I'm Joe and today my guest is uh -oh, Andrew. Hey Andrew, <laughs> how are you doing? Hello, good. How are you, Joe? I'm great. Uh, what brings you to the Discord? <laughs> um, yeah, so mostly my overall interest in Jordan Peterson. Um, only recently have I really uh, gotten to actually watch some of uh, Paul's videos. Um, I got to the Discord through Reddit of all places. <laughs> and it was because I was disappointed in the Jordan Peterson um, Discord that um, was associated with the subreddit. And I posted my disappointment. Uh, and I think Job and another person uh, messaged me through there and sent me an invite to here. And that's what uh, has brought me here. So here I am now, uh, only recently getting uh, to know, or not to know, but to watch some of uh, Paul's videos. Um, so you, so you, said, you said you were disappointed in the, the JP Discord. How would you compare it to this one? <laughs> well, there's actual uh, meaningful discussion here rather than uh, in uh, the Jordan Peterson one. It's, uh, as I said, um, the only really active channels were titled Chaos and Memes and Shitposts. And all of the active, like all of the serious channels had either been archived or were vacant of uh, people being there and it was only nonsense, generally speaking. So here, I actually talk to people about meaningful subjects of philosophy, theology, and anything else really under the sun. Um, but it never really dissolves to shitposts and memes and chaos. That's <laughs> sad to hear. I mean, it it does sort of reflect what happened to the subreddit itself, I would say. I mean, I don't know if that's your experience, but when I first went there about a year and a half ago, it was quite different from what it is now. Yeah, and in that post, I sort of, you know, through being on that Discord, I realized that, well, I mean, a lot of the, it is just, um, people that hopped on the Jordan Peterson bandwagon because he was crushing Marxism and right. all of those memes that sprung up because of it. And he was like, ah, I can crush Marxism. But, you know, Jordan Peterson is a lot more than just crushing Marxism uh, through like the Bill C-16 um, controversy that he got himself into. Um, so, and yeah, I felt like there was, I talked to someone else um, about it uh, who messaged me about how we had some very meaningful discussions on that Discord and how it, you know, I guess I missed that part of that Discord. And um, 
And I've noticed that also the crushing Marxism and uh, all of that has sort of dissolved the subreddit itself as well. It sort of moved there. A lot of it's only about Marxism and communism and mm-hmm. communism bad, you know. Right, right. Sort of. It's unfortunate. So. But now I'm here, and it's so much better. Uh, unbelievably so. It's great, because I get to talk to people about meaningful stuff. I get to learn about myself through talking and being on here and uh, just talking with everyone, because everyone's so kind and so welcoming. Yeah, we, we've got this really special place, uh, which is why I was specifically interested in, you know, because you came here kind of out of a desire to find a place that wasn't like the subreddit or the JP Discord. And one of my interests is that this place kind of remains a welcoming place where people are nice and are having discussions. So I I would, I would yeah. be interested in finding out how I can keep it that way, if I can even keep it that way. But yeah, well, I think we'll, so far we're doing quite well and people seem to be doing quite well um i mean a lot of i think people have been talking about this a lot of people are workers but you know the active you know 25 percent that we have are very good people and you know the workers haven't sprung up and gone crazy and you know and i'm sure most of them are good people either way uh and so and I was talking about this, uh, talking about how, like, the community, I was like, this, I was trying to figure out how to describe um, how there's such diverse conversation, because I think, like, one night we were talking about, like, psychedelics and, like, stuff like that, and um, I was like, this is, like, almost an intellectual casino, is what I said, because um, <laughs> it's, like, every day you go in, and you're, like, you're sort of like you go in i'm I'm addicted sort of to this place unfortunately i think but you know it's sort of hard to pull myself away um yeah yeah. it's like it's like oh man i would i just want to keep on chugging away keep on figuring myself out Um, and it's it's good for that but sometimes like i need to step back i know you talked about it like i just want to delete my discord uh user and just run away never come back oh yeah but that's not because of all the stuff here (laughs) it's mainly (laughs) because because... it's to protect myself from from not knowing what i'll be becoming if i keep doing this no but i mean i wake up and i'm like oh i wonder what's going on in the discord and that's something that i'm not sure about if it's a good thing or not (laughs) yeah it's like but we're all connected, and I mean, it's not a destructive way. No one um, dissolved into madness from it, um, but <laughs> maybe we are slowly. Who knows? I, I don't. I mean, the only thing I'm sort of sometimes concerned about is the degree to which this Discord is um, religious themed. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about religion. But then I'm just as guilty of that. 
So I, <laughs> I don't really get to judge that. So yeah, yeah, the I, percentage is very high for like religious people and on this Discord. Yeah, um, I, it sort of makes sense given they come in through through Vendaclay, so it's sort yeah, of to be expected. Yeah. I mean, and then if I would want to change that, well, where would I go? The atheism subreddit. I don't know if I want that yeah. because I don't know what that would do. Yeah, and who knows what's on there? I I would probably be afraid of that place. Right, exactly. <laughs> to be honest, uh, that would probably be a. I don't know what to think of that place, but that would be. Yeah, but that was a interesting like how I got here because I wasn't totally through Vanderclay and. I only really dug into some of his videos um, last night. Um, for some reason, I decided that I would stay up till like two thirty in the morning uh, and watch his uh, video on uh, the biblical series and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I had I had watched I had seen him pop up. I'm pretty sure I saw him pop up on my youtube um thread when i had first been uh going through jordan peterson and you know chowing down on all the lectures and all the videos that i could get my grubby hands on (laughs) and um and i saw it i was like it was like pastor interprets uh something about jordan peterson i was like ah i don't want a pastor interpreting jordan peterson for me i just want to I want to interpret it how I want to. And that's sort of been something that I've realized that like, I'm sometimes I'm too individualistic for, uh, to a fault at point. Uh, so, but I had been, it had been, it was, it was interesting just like watching it now. Um, because I've been on this discord a while and been exposed to, all the religious aspects of Jordan Pearson, also just different um, branches of Christianity, um, because I had never really been exposed to the different branches. Because um, I've been, I was raised Catholic, um, and I've only been to a Catholic mass. I've never been to another church. It's only been Catholicism for me. So it's I don't. It was interesting uh, listening to some of Paul's stuff, and it was, yeah, it was very, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It was interesting. It was, it was good to get a, another perspective, another side to it. But I mean, would you consider yourself Catholic right now? <laughs> That's what I've been uh, thinking about for the past couple of days. Um, you know, I feel like I sort of figured out that, you know, no matter what, I'll always believe in God, number one. So the, the naturalistic God. Um, and then I'll, and I've sort of been like, yeah, okay. I think I sort of can be okay with believing in God number two. Um, 
And so, and it would be silly to call myself just a Christian because I don't really know any other Christian branches. So I might as well just, you know, call myself a Catholic. So I guess the answer to that is yes. Um, but it's, it's been weird for me to reason through that because I don't like to put myself in a quote-unquote box. I don't like to, you know, have a label. I, I like to sort of think how, however I want to think for that day. If you, you understand what I mean by that. I, I think I do. I mean... I assume that it that does it imply that you, for instance, don't attend, attend mass. I haven't in a while. Uh, the last time I attended mass was August, I think. Um, but I'm, I think I'll go back tomorrow um, for Sunday mass just to, you know, uh, and like, I don't want to. You know, I want to go back and, you know, I just want to, I don't think it has to be a permanent. And that's what I've been reasoning through is that like being Catholic, I mean, doesn't always have to be, or it does have to be, mm, I don't know if it has to be permanent, but it's like, I'm trying to think through, but I don't always have to be strict about it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I put, like, too much, too much, I've been too strict with it, like, oh, if I'm gonna say that I'm a Catholic, I have to be a perfect person right now, and um, that's not always the case, um, and that also came up when I watched um, <laughs> Jordan Pearson's lecture about who dares believe in God, and that oh, was the yeah. first time I that was the first time I seriously disagreed with him. And okay. I couldn't figure out... It was the first time I couldn't figure out... Like, I couldn't figure out why I, like, didn't like what he was saying. Because everything else... I read 12 Rules for Life. I read... I watched a few of his biblical series. Um, and I just... I couldn't figure out, like, why was I not agreeing with what he was saying here? There were some things that I really liked. Um, like, he talked about Jacob and how Jacob uh, fought with God, wrestled with God, and how that sort of became, like, Israel, and that, like, translates to those who contend with God. I like that part. But when he became, like, too rigid with it, and that's sort of what I figured out is that I can't be too rigid with myself, but I can still believe in God. Um, and I actually came to the, to the voice chat and we talked about it and someone um, referenced uh, first by Paul and he said, and I'm going to paraphrase it, um, though, uh, walk, you can walk with me and believe in God and sort of like even though you won't be perfect you won't you'll still like make mistakes and so um and then I sort of and then someone made the metaphor of Jordan Peterson thinks about religion as 
train tracks, right? You have two iron bars on either side. One side is God, one side is you, and you have to follow in perfect parallel with yourself and God. And the only sort of thing separating you from God is, you know, transcending, I guess you could say, time and space and being everything and everywhere at every time. Um, and so I was like, well, how could, you know, we sort of make a metaphor opposite of that? And so I thought about it as sort of tinkered with it in that voice chat, although I didn't get it very clear. Um, it was like, you know, instead of a railroad track, follow sort of a, a beaten path on the side of the railroad. And it comes closer to the railroad track, which you could symbolize as God, and then it goes farther away. And then I sort of, I wrote a poem about it. And that one was, I put that in the sharing, um, the writing discord on the sharing channel. And it sort of discussed that in greater, in a greater sense. And it went about like, there's, there was two sides. Um, I named it trails or trail and canal. And so there was one side that was dark and shadow and everything. There's no light that came out of it. And then the other side was, a white light, perfect, brilliant white. And so, and then there was this strip of land and that was where the character, the person, I didn't really make a name for them at all, but the person, you, me, walked on that land and, you know, we, we go closer to the dark side or closer to the light side, you could say. And we meander through the woods and walk and and I made like the analogy and there is a bunch of like other parts to it. Um, but the gist of it is that, you know, sometimes we are closer to the canal that holds the white light and sometimes we are closer to the canal that is only shadow and darkness. And we are always in between them will never be parallel with one or the other. And would you say that that is more of a, let's say, so what strikes me about JPs um, who, who just say they believe in God, JP tends to reason out of a position of despair while the gospel reaches sort of takes the position of hope there's the hope of the resurrection yeah. and the news would you say that your approach aims to to do that so wait let me think of what you're saying so you're saying more so on the hope side rather than being on the side total reason of, is that what you mean just the despair of of the responsibility of existing which is sort of what jp is concerned about from how I've understood him. Yeah, I mean, he always takes that side. He always is like, we have a burden to carry and whatnot like that. Um, 
But yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, my I guess through that poem, it's more so we can allow ourselves to stumble sometimes, but as long as we get back up, that's what matters. And we continue our journey and we continue walking forward, even though we sometimes fail. Like you're already next to God, like you can't not be. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Peterson thinks about it too binary. You know, you're either with him or you're not. And you either totally believe in him or you totally do not. And you totally are not on that side. So, because, you know, coming back to the railroad parallel, you have the two iron bars. Um and so that's where he sort of, where I diverge from him in thinking, which was strange because I, I, it took me a while to figure out why I didn't like that. So, because what what did initially draw you to Peterson? Like, how how did you find him? What really? Because you said you started looking yeah. for more of his content. Like, what about what he said pulled you to him? Yeah. Um, so, I think I started listening to him um, in like early spring, like February, March of uh, this year. And so, um, my sister introduced um, me to Jordan. And I think a lot of it was that you, you know, like his, you can bear a load nobly and, you know, continue through life, even though it's suffering. And that's a lot of what he talks about. Um, And it just, it was something that I knew I had been doing for a bit, but it hadn't been put into total put into words completely because i had been doing it but i hadn't i hadn't like totally internalized it it hadn't been condensed into that form that jordan uh was able to give me uh through his lectures um and one of his most meaningful uh which which is one we talked about was uh tragedy versus evil um which was uh probably it was the most powerful for me um and it was also like it's also one of the most condensed ones that he has it's only like 42 minutes but a lot of it it's a lot of him in 42 minutes um it's almost like every sentence is something of a lot of power um i think one of the one of the things that struck me was it takes a, it, it's like a powerful mix of Christianity where I also really like Stoicism. Mm-hmm. It talks about he talks about Stoicism in a way there as well. And then it also, you know, throws in, you know, classic Jordan Peterson, you know, because he's talking about it through, you know, himself. 
Um, and I think one of the points, you know, because one of the things about Stoicism is the differentiation between uh, what you can control and what you can't. And tragedy and evil are sort of two things that one of them you can, which is evil, you can sort of control evil to an extent, and tragedy. You can sort of control evil because it's a pathological, unnecessary choice that, you know, brings you further or closer to the brink. And then tragedy is just sometimes how things go, like illness or injury. You can't really control those. Those just happen. Yeah, there's kind of the, the intent versus the non-intent. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been going through also like some stoicism recently, um, which I've really liked. I know you like uh, some stoicism. Uh, and yeah, it was just like, I'm trying to find the quote because I wrote it down. Uh, but he also talks about how, why we have to believe in things. Because, you know, I'm going to quote it. Um, you have to believe things because you just don't know everything. When your beliefs are stripped from you, you are exposed to the infinite. And staring into the infinite is almost impossible. Um, it's intolerable. And so we have to sort of have beliefs to cushion the distance or distance ourselves from total infinite right and then hmm. and I also really like his part of um, which was uh, Solzhenitsyn I think every single person is a center of the world not the center of the world and so it's like you know there's multiple centers to the world and we're all important in the way that we choose to act if we act incorrectly we could cause you know bad things to happen we could just generalize as that but you know worse than just bad but a word isn't coming out right um and, no, no, you know, no. if we make... It's the realization of infinite responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the responsibility to make the right choice and knowing that if you make the wrong choice, that can also be incredibly detrimental. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's difficult to know whether a choice is really right or wrong like we only have probabilities and, and uh, approximations and I, I like to think that that's where grace comes in it's like well what matters that yeah. you're aiming for it and and you know god gives you the rest yeah he sort of maybe he like pushes you to you know it's like if the percentage 
is like too small, you know, he sort of pushes you to the right side and choosing the right path. He just has that guiding hand to give you that. Um, he also talks about the shadow and the union shadow, mm-hmm. which was also very interesting, which also got me interested in Jung to an extent, although I really only um, have learned about Jung through uh, Jordan Peterson's um, lectures. Um, but nonetheless, they're very informative about like, he mostly just talks about the shadow and, um, you know, his example is um, he says to his students, um, it, it would be an overwhelming probability that if you were in Nazi Germany, that you would be a concentration camp prison guard or guard. Um, and that just struck me really it's just so interesting to think about that. And it's like, you don't know your own possibility for good until you know your potential for evil. And yeah, that just struck me. And it was just got me into the rest of what he had to say for psychology and young and so were these things you thought about before you ran into peterson i don't think i had ever um totally thought about you know the shadow or like my total possibility for evil um I'm sure maybe at some point I did, but it never stuck with me. This stuck with me. It actually like stayed with me and has stayed with me um, rather than like maybe a fleeting thought. And um, I think a lot of what Jordan has said, I've thought about before, but I've never, it's never stuck with me. Because he condenses a lot of what I've thought before into, you know, words. And he's been able to sort of place it into my brain and it's stayed there. Right. Yeah. I got to say, there's this, uh, this is lo-fi hip-hop album by Akira Dadan. And he made Mm -hmm. one of those uh, 12 Rules for Life albums. And Mm. I think that was the most listened Spotify album I had for 2018. It was just, I listened (laughs) to that all the time, just on the the background while I was working or when I was in the train or when I was walking somewhere. And I think that was really uh, helpful in the sense of cementing those types of, let's say, excuse me, positive thought patterns because there's a lot of good stuff in there that when you're kind of internalizing that it, it helps you look at the world in a certain way like you're saying you know that you now are more aware of your capacity of evil and and your shadow and 
I would say that to a degree that has made you more existential, but also more aware of how you act and why. At least that's the impression I'm getting. Yeah, it definitely, what well, made me more conscious of my action, like everyday things, or not everyday things, but when important decisions came up, you know, it made me think through them more and know, like, not which side is right or wrong, but the different possibilities and outcomes from each choice. And that's very interesting that someone made an album about 12 rules for life. <laughs> is it, was it like written? Like was he, or not was it written, but um, was it, did he like incorporate quotes from 12 rules for life? How did he, or the yeah. artist write um, that? I think Akira took audio from uh, an appearance that Peterson had on the Dave Rubin show and from a, um, book tour that he did on the How To Academy, which was very early in his book tour. At least that's uh -huh. where I've heard the same style clips. But it's just this sort of lo-fi hip hop where it's about, you know, basically all the rules like stand up, state with your shoulders back, uh, yeah. uh, pursue what is meaningful, now is expedient, pet a cat. And I don't know, I mean, listening a lot to Peterson saying your ear, tell the truth or at least don't lie i mean you can only listen to so much of that be before it sort of becomes a thing that you are more aware of yeah definitely you, you can't just listen to him and not have something internalized from it um i definitely although sometimes i had to take breaks from him because i felt like i was super saturated with Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson and <laughs> there was not enough room and I was just like ah, I can't listen to him anymore I have to do something else so that's what was nice about stoicism because it's, it's like a nice little you know other corner of um, that Jordan you know I feel like he draws from I don't think I don't know how well he knows stoicism but um, the axioms that stoicism talks about Jordan definitely um, draws draws from, or you know, it, it influences him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say he's at least some somewhat of a stoic, especially concerning his. You should act virtuously. You should uh, act nobly. Uh, you should contend with reality. Stiffen yeah. up, bucko. But yeah. The concern I have with Stoicism, I mean, and I'm, I'm biased because I've gotten into Christianity, but Stoicism kind of really focuses on on your, yourself and the elevation of yeah. yourself. And it doesn't really say, and you should love your neighbor and you should love your enemy and you should help the, the you know, the widows and the poor and, and the orphans. Yeah, well, I think, I don't, I've never read anything about helping widows and orphans, but I I feel like there are some more nuanced parts of Stoicism that have, you know, talked about, like, being a good por person to not only help yourself, but help others. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember 
any of that off the top of my head, but I feel like I remember reading something about that in meditations. Um, but well, I, I'm not totally sure. And so but there are definitely... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten to Seneca yet. I want to. Um, yeah, his letters are, I, are really good. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Marcus is like the most quotable. And he's like the most mainstream of the Stoics, which I feel is unfortunate because I feel like when I've heard quote from Epicurus or not Epicurus, um, Epictetus, yeah, and um, Seneca, they both have a more nuanced and um, less mainstream from uh, Marcus. More, it's a divergent sort of. A slight divergent in their way of thinking and it's definitely interesting I mean, marcus is such a like marcus is is he's such an existentialist he he admonishes himself constantly and oh am i a good emperor and have i made the right choices and oh what's life more than just you know some some blood and organs and epictetus is as far as I can remember his writings, at least in the Enchiridion, the little handbook, uh, more of, well, you should expect to die anytime and you shouldn't be worried about it. And I mean, given that Epictetus was a freed slave, uh, who was also a cripple, I think, I can kind of see where his perspective would be different than that one of an emperor. And then Seneca was basically just <laughs> this high class aristocrat who even was a, yeah. a, a tutor to Nero, but he writes very good letters to this friend where he just talks about, well, you know, then people complain about death and how short their life is, but look how they waste it. And he really just yeah. puts, his, puts his finger on how inconsistent humans are and that we should live more in, in, in well, like Peterson would say, in contention with existence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Seneca also had an issue with uh, partying too much. He or <laughs> he was. I read something about this in uh, uh, one of the other servers I'm on. Uh, it's actually Stoic Stoicism Discord, which is actually pretty good, although sometimes it gets a little bit wacky. But it's still very nice to talk about Stoicism with them because they're also very interesting conversation. With is quite good um they're not as large as this server by any stretch though um i think if they were any larger it would have have dissolved into sort of what the jordan peterson discord had dissolved into but yeah seneca is interesting because sometimes he's uh from what i've heard he's he has like his behaviors were contradictory to what he said but he was still a very wise person Mm. yeah I, I have this book called uh, Nero and Seneca and it's kind of about their dynamic and mm -hmm. I mean eventually Nero suspected Seneca is were plotting against him so orders the poor guy to kill himself and Seneca <laughs> makes this whole dramatic play out of it where he tries to emulate Socrates and on his you know lavish mansion with his servants it's yeah, the guy was kind of a <laughs> larger-than-life sort of wise teacher. <laughs> yeah, I actually, so I just picked up um, 
Nietzsche Beyond Good and Evil. Oh. And um, I was reading it this morning, and in the first like book, he goes over um, the Stoic uh, perspective of acting in nature, and he like totally crushes it. Like he he just wraps it up, and you know, it, it was very interesting because I was like, wow. I mean, I didn't totally agree with like how the Stoics always wrote about nature because it's so like convoluted and it doesn't necessarily make sense wait wait, uh, wait. is that it's that where he says uh oh noble stoics you frauds of words or something like that yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah that's that <laughs> yeah. part yeah beautiful i mean he, he totally misunderstands the concept of nature of logos he he, he doesn't get it I yeah would, I, I would argue he's wrong it's interesting huh yeah, I don't know. I haven't uh, really looked into it so much so that I could pick apart his argument. And I feel I also don't know stoicism enough to uh, argue for it. Uh, but it was interesting to read. And then he also uh, calls Epicurus a joke. Um, he His first, uh, it's how malicious philosophers can be. I know of nothing more poisonous than the joke Epicurus allowed himself against Plato and the Platonists. I mean, it's funny because he just calls him a total joke. And it, it was just so funny to read because I was like, oh, man, <laughs> he's just so bold with being able to write that and just throw it out there and be, yeah, you're a joke. Yeah, yeah, he... he... <laughs> he did. He didn't mince his words. I mean, it. it it's. It's. In, I mean, this is kind of ironic, given how he, as far as I understand it, he he didn't really get what what the Stoics meant by logos. I mean, as as far as I recall, what he says, he kind of accuses the Stoics of, uh, let's say, apathy, and just kind of detachment, and saying, "Well, you yeah, just, how uh, how can you be anything but not nature? Like, how can you not be?" But the Stoics would say, "No, no, no. Let's say if your nature is to be a horse, you should try to be the best horse. Like that is to act out your nature and to be have the nature of a human. Then your duty is to act out a virtuous, as best as possible human." And that's what you do by acting on virtuous, uh, by pursuing virtuous action. Yeah. Um, he sort of says, Stoicism is self-tyranny. Nature, too, can be tyrannized. After all, isn't the Stoic a piece of nature? So, he, yeah, I think he misses. I, I like how you point that out. Um, yeah, that's interesting how he sort of misses that whole point of... Uh, and stoicism so uh you said you had whole, uh, a list of things well what 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 else because we got like 15 minutes left is there anything in particular you still want to talk about um i sort of went through the tragedy versus evil i think i was able to sort of boil that down and we went over to who dares believe in god um think i hit that pretty well um hmm. uh let's see i mean i know you 
I sort of wanted to talk to you about this, but I mean, it was interesting to find out that you were a firefighter in, uh, in your uh, town. That was cool to see because I'd never really known anyone outside of the U.S. that uh, was a volunteer firefighter. Oh, yeah. Well, I just, I was moving to this new town and I figured, how, how, how shall I do something for the community here? Oh, why not become a firefighter? So <laughs> I just, I just walked into the engine house and I said, are you guys looking? And I said, sure. So that, that, that's, that's how those things go. Wow. Is it something you'd like to do? Fire? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely be sticking with uh, EMS and medical stuff since uh, I'm a nursing student right now. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, and then you can, in the U.S., you can uh, go back to a state or you can go to the national certification. The EMS, the Emergency Medical Services of uh, the U.S., is for certifications, it's very messy. Um, so I could go back to New Jersey and challenge the state um, test and be like, hey, can I, I'm a nurse. Can I just take the test instead of have to go through a whole class? Um, but yeah, I want to continue with that. And it's fun. It taught me a lot about myself. Um, taught me how to... It taught me like um how to think quickly and accurately because <laughs> uh, sometimes when things get a little bit wacky you have to, with the patient um and also like clear thinking it's like you're in a very chaotic place and you have to think um on your feet and it's made me very it's made a lot of who i am right now So what, what drew you there originally? Why did you want to become a nurse? Or well, why did you want to go study that? Um, well, I mean, it was from the EMS. So I was, I've been an EMT for two years. Uh, I volunteered for my town. Um, at 16, you can start with a provisional. So you have to work under someone who has an over 18 um, license. And then... After that, at 18, you can work and operate sort of by yourself. Um, and I worked in a town a little ways, um, or actually it's a city. Um, it's a crazy place, um, as I call it, because it's not the most developed. And uh, I a lot of crazy stuff happened. Um, not very developed so it a lot of crime <laughs> so um stabbings i had a stabbing my first night um no way yeah he he got lucky too he was like walking around he was he was like talking the whole time he was in total pain it was interesting so, uh, <laughs> hang, on, hang on a second so so a couple of things you in the US, you can become a volunteer EMT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when, when you're 16, you get to like tutor. 
Yeah, well, you, you always have to work underneath someone who has 18, so they always have to be watching what you're wow. doing if you're okay. with the patient. You can't be left alone with the patient. Um, right. But once you're 18, you can operate. Uh, you can not operate, but you can work by yourself. You don't have to be watched over. Dude, that is, wow, that's such a great thing. Yeah, it's it was very... It's been very important for me. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely like it. It was good because I I realized that when I'm helping someone, um, and when I'm like on an ambulance, everything, like just, you know, I'm totally hyper focused on uh -huh. what's going on, and it's like the perfect. It's almost like, you know one foot in chaos, one foot in order, you know, one foot, I know exactly what I'm doing and one foot, you know, this is sort of crazy because of the environment. This is like, but it's, you know, that's why I want to become a nurse is because I want to, you know, learn more um, and become better at helping people and um, just, continue that continue my medical career wow that's great man yeah I, I love hearing that it's uh yeah sometimes i wonder if i should have made different career choices and go into caring instead or something like that so yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's great to hear you're pursuing this and then you get have to deal with a stabbing on your first night Wow. How, how, how do the other people in your team react? Like, oh, we have a, we have the new kid with us. We have a stabbing to go. <laughs> so the, um, you're only with another person. Um, you know, you, you just have your partner on the ambulance. Um, and then you have the paramedics. Um, and we were closer with them uh, at that city than we were at our volunteer um, town because we were in the same um, we were in the same building uh, for the city so we knew them better and they were all very interesting but uh, <laughs> one of them didn't really like me uh, towards the end because I I screwed up a little bit and he was just like oh, what is the kid doing mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but that was only because I uh it was a very specific situation that I'd never been in and I was very unfamiliar with. So, um, it had to deal with, uh, contact, uh, prevention of like contact with the patient cause they had a, uh, contagious or it was more so like a bloodborne pathogen that they had. So, but yeah, the, it was, it's a crazy place. <laughs> um, a few months after I left, um, one of the ambulances got shot at. Uh, so it was. Thankfully, I. I mean, slightly thankful that I wasn't there, but I mean, it's also just like crazy. It's just the adrenaline rush. Sometimes I also like. Yeah, because I was gonna ask like. 
So your first time you do this, you have a stabbing. Yeah, you stuck around. You're like, okay, I can do this. Let's <laughs> let's 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 stay with it. Yeah, I guess you have to be slightly crazy to be okay with that. And just, I mean, I'd been doing it for a little while, but I mean, yeah, it was. It's always been interesting to be there in that situation. Um, try to think of something else. Um, well, and you know, if we're out of conversation, then that's also fine. We can call it a day yeah. and maybe talk again sometime. Yeah, definitely. I would love to do this again. I mean, I'm sure you have other people to get through. What, like to have a conversation with? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I actually have a pretty light schedule right now. I got some people uh, who've, who've been asking who I need to get back to. And, uh, hmm. well, maybe some people who I haven't talked to yet who will approach me, hint, hint to people currently listening. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But in, in, in any case, I, I love talking with you, man. I mean, I yeah. really like hearing that you're a volunteer EMT. That's that's so noble. And <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, because you've been reading Beyond Good and Evil and you've been listening to Peterson about the shadow, but you also encounter, well, let's let's say, you know, the depravity of man in that field, like people stabbing each other, maybe people shooting each other you know and that's got to be also confronting in that sort of existential sense i'd wager yeah i mean one of the things i really at the end, um, who dare uh believe in god you know the contending god being a contender of god so it's, even if like i end up falling out of catholicism for one reason or another um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have to give myself a couple months and see how I feel about it. Um, and no matter what, I'll just probably end up being like an agnostic stoic, stoic that is a contender with the universe <laughs> or nature. If I de-evolve that much. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's up to you, but Maybe you don't have to. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just have to see how the next uh, couple of months unravel and show themselves. If I, you know, I feel if I don't um, go with my intuition that um, being a Catholic at the moment is right and I don't explore that potential opportunity, I won't know if I miss something if I don't explore it now, if I just choose to let it go by the wayside. Yeah. So I guess that... Well, you could see how it makes you feel to not, you know, to be willfully disconnected from it and see if you notice any negative effects. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I'd approach it. 
I mean that that's yeah. what I did with, with when I went to church for a while and started telling myself this is ridiculous. I should stop doing this, and then I stopped <laughs> going, and I really didn't feel any better. I started getting worse. So I figured, okay, maybe, maybe I just need to get back into church and maybe that's what I need. And to be honest, nowadays, I wouldn't know what to do without the place. It's like, I walk by it and I'm like, I'm glad this building is here. And you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just something you need to, to figure out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I should go back for a bit and just, because I mean, I realized that, and actually Paul was talking about this in one of the last videos that I watched. Um, a lot of people are more Christian than they realize. Mm. And I, that's sort of what I came to the conclusion over the past couple of days. It's like, wow, I am much more of a Catholic because I don't really know any other uh, Christian denomination. Um, I'm much more of a Catholic than I really think I am. And it's sort of silly for me to uh, not recognize this and just put it in a corner and not really explore it, you know, and not bring it to potential fruition. Yeah, I mean, in my view, I mean, I would say it's something that's extremely compatible with how you otherwise seem to live, which is to pursue a noble trade to pursue nursing to volunteer for your community and i mean i've only just gotten to meet you over the last hour but it seems to me that that is extremely compatible with with uh catholicism now i can understand that right now you're you, you seem to be saying well i i don't really um live my my faith to uh hmm. Uh, to, to too seriously for lack of a better word okay and well yeah maybe that'll come again i mean I, yeah yeah i mean i think it's like the overall faith i'm very compatible with um i think one of the issues that i was thinking about was the issue of like science and how the Catholic Church hasn't always been uh, the most welcoming of science. And I'm a very science-minded person. That a lot of how I think, I, I think in steps, I think in uh, formulas. I don't usually, uh, although I don't like math, I, I like, um, you know, I guess sometimes it's like medical formulas. Like if the patient does this, I need to test for this, this, and this. Um, sort of like that mm. that sort of equation um and yeah i guess it's that like sort of science issue but i think i can work my way through that with just being a weirdo and just <laughs> liking it, it, science as well i mean uh, honestly like of all the, the all the 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 this the, let's say the denominations in christianity like science compatibility, yeah. I can't, I can't believe I'm advocating this sort of thing. But Catholicism, I mean, they've have some people in there. Like, look at Aquinas. Look at uh, what's the guy who came up with the hypothesis for the Big Bang? I'm pretty sure that was a Catholic. I, the, oh, really? Uh, 
I think I think Galileo was a Catholic. Wasn't he a Catholic? Uh, now, I think so. Let's not talk about how the Catholic Church handled that. I mean, in retrospect, <laughs> I understand where they did that. Like, you can't just start spouting off these things because people will be confused. But anyway, as, as far as I'm concerned with the, the, the dichotomy of religion and faith, you could do worse than Catholicism, to be honest. I can't believe I'm saying yeah, these things two I years guess... ago. I would never have said these things. This makes no sense. But anyway, <laughs> it, you know, just, yeah, I, I would say give it time, think about it. Yeah, I see your much, point. You're, you're already doing great, I think. So I wouldn't stress <laughs> too much. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll have to see how it goes. And definitely, I like that point that you know that you said that Catholicism actually has a lot of science and it just yeah they build most of the universities yeah yeah definitely universities are another whole issue i guess you could say it's, it's been weird being around all of these people that uh would be i guess weirded out by all of the stuff that we say here because <laughs> it's it's some I haven't like felt isolated from them because I, I just don't talk about it with them and I just talk about normal people stuff uh, but I get to talk about weird people stuff here so oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's what these things are for you know it's not it's like it's, you don't go to the pub and then the bartender's like what's on your mind man and you're like, oh, how can anyone really say they believe in God? And the bartender is like, okay, buddy. I mean, there's places, there's places for that. That's, yeah. That's, and that's where you go. That, that's what you talk about with your pastor with, I guess. But hey, yeah. uh, we're about over the hour. And uh, yeah. so I, I want to I wrap it up here. Again, man, yeah. love talking with you. And Yeah, great chat. Yeah, give yourself some time. <laughs> I'll try. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.